Welcome to Realcast, the weekly roundup of the real asset markets. Um, and as the war in Ukraine enters its third month, um, I'm joined um, by Nicole Dines and Paul Strom. Um, Paul, what are the key stories that you've been watching in the in the real asset markets? Well, while the world's weighing up the implications of COVID and the war war in Ukraine and the burden of inflation and rising interest rates, uh, in the last few days, the International Monetary Fund report concluded that the UK is likely to be hit harder than most uh, of the G7 group of leading Western nations, predicting growth down to 3.7% this year and to 1.2% in 2023. However, the day afterwards, Aviva Investors published a report that it believes that the UK real assets offer investors better growth prospects than continental European countries. Aviva said that in its uh, latest real assets house view, that the, the broad reopening of the UK economy, stronger GDP prospects and supportive monetary policy offer greater room for capital value growth. Uh, the report also says uh, in particular that more flexibility in monetary policy is expected to provide the UK with greater agility to react to the changing macro environment. Aviva's chief investment officer, Real Assets, Daniel McHugh, said that pricing in European markets is at, at, at an all-time high. So UK real estate will outperform on a five-year risk-adjusted basis. And better pricing means there's more room for yield compression as income streams strengthen. He also said that real assets are increasingly appreciated as a solution for inflation hedging. And the report also points out that renewables and forestry are experiencing strong investor demand as a consequence of the the race to achieve uh, net zero carbon. One of the consequences of COVID was, of course, the boost given to online retailing. Calls are are now growing louder for government intervention to level up the playing field for bricks and mortar retailers by imposing a greater tax burden on online retailers, which is the, the favoured solution. The UK government announced in February that it would hold consultations on such a policy, and that uh, consultation process is underway and due to end in May. But property consultant Colliers has, has conducted a snap survey of retail and uh, retailers and, and retail landlord clients intended to be uh, part of that consultation process. They found that 89% of the respondents would be in favour of the introduction of an online sales tax. High street retailers currently feel they're being penalised by a system in which they pay uh, the UK's business rates property tax on physical stores, uh, which obviously uh, purely online rivals do not. Um, Business rates have been cited as one of the key components in shop failures and the decline of the high street. However, there's some scepticism that any tax raise would be used to actually reduce the rates burden. Uh, And as one respondent pointed out, adding another bad tax doesn't make things any better. Uh, Lastly, eight organisations representing institutional real estate in the UK are pressing for the adoption of tailored and fit-for-purpose ESG metrics and product labels that are workable and increase transparency for both uh, investors and regulators. If adopted, the proposals would uh, solve problems thrown up by the European Union's Sustainable Finance Disclosure Regulation and the product label gap in, in that, the organisation said. The, the group includes the Association of Real Estate Funds, British Property Federation and INREV, uh, uh, amongst others, and they've written to the UK's Financial Con- Conduct Authority, setting out their proposals, which they hope will become international standards. The submission uh, proposes product labels that are applicable outside real estate, which are aligned with net zero carbon policy goals, such as recognising the real estate sector's contribution to stranded to green strategies. 
Yes, ESG standardization and that theme of transformation are, are huge topics at the moment. And we've been tracking that, obviously, in Impact magazine. And it'll be a key topic um, at both the CE Summit in Warsaw this week on the 28th of April, as well as in London on the 29th, um, with our focus on transformation of European real estate. Picking up on the themes of, of ESG, innovation, digitization, and the influence on real assets and, of course, capital flows and investment. You mentioned InRev, um, and it was good to see the conference back in person in Athens and and some interesting research coming out of that as well, Nicole. Yes, obviously it was the first conference in person after the pandemic and they presented the Capital Raising Survey 2022, which is done with uh, US and Asian um, counterparts as well. And uh, the figure shows that uh, non-listed real estate has recovered to a pre-pandemic record high with a 107% increase from 2020. And it's what is called an exceptional recovery after the pandemic. And all the signs point to it continuing because 76% of the survey respondents said that they expect uh, an increase in capital raising activity over the next two years. Um, there are only two uh question marks. I mean, one obviously being the impact of the war in Ukraine, which is obviously totally unquantifiable and unpredictable at the moment. And Irina Pilipchuk, the director of research at IMREV, said that the uptick in capital raising in 2021 reflects all the pent-up demand from the pandemic. And it also shows a real surge in appetite for the asset class. So it's it's a positive outlook for, for the real estate investment industry. But there are two challenges that she pointed out. One is that capital deployment and almost half of the capital raised in 2021 has not has is yet to be invested and um, the other issue apart from as i mentioned the, the war in ukraine is the complex uh, inflationary uh, outlook which obviously will add uh, will put more pressure on on all decision making and deployment strategies in in 2022 but uh, the survey showed that north america was the best performing region in in the world with a total of 90 billion euros invested which was three more than three times what was invested the year before. Um, Asia also did very well and, and Europe, as I said. Residential industrial logistics came um, attracted the most capital in 2021 um, and the logistics in particular recorded the largest increase in, in nearly doubling its share of 2020. It's a confirmation of, of trend but a very positive outlook from InRev. And another story I've been following which is uh, in London, uh, everyone knows Oxford Street which is undergoing many changes, a lot of uh, the old department stores have gone bust and have been turned into mixed use assets or are being turned into such. And Marks and Spencer has its flagship store at the Marble Arch end of Oxford Street. And it had put in an application last year to uh, demolish the building, which is 1930s Art Deco building, and turn it into a mixed use asset, a sort of 10 story building, which would have two stories of retail, but then the rest of it would be mainly offices with the pedestrian arcade and the gym. And originally, Westminster Council had approved the plans. The mayor of London, um, Sadiq Khan, uh, gave the green light to the project. But Michael Gove, in his capacity as a communities and housing minister, has halted the demolition or environmental grounds, citing concerns about embodied carbon. That doesn't mean it won't go ahead, but he's looking. the government is looking at it again. So the the whole project is is halted. Uh, Mark Spencer, obviously, and the architect said that it would actually, in the long run, be more environmentally sustainable than repurposing. But this runs counter to the to the you know, the government strategy, obviously, of reducing um, 
carbon emissions as much as possible and repurposing, if possible, rather than uh, demolishing buildings. And again, on the environmental side, um, just showing how companies now really take ESG factors into account when they make investment decisions. Amundi, the European real estate manager, has invested 120.5 million euros to buy an office block in Milan. Again, it's an old 1930s office building by a famous architect, but uh, in 2020 was completely refurbished. They kept the original facade, which has historical value, and they completely redid the interiors in line with the sort of environmental best practice. And uh, Mundi said that uh, they have uh, they bought it because of its ESG credentials and said that's what they're only going to invest from now on in buildings that have uh, they have good certifications and are environmentally sustainable. So that seems to be a trend for more and more uh, companies in the sector. Yeah, and certainly from the discussions I've been having around the investor relations side, that unless funds are Article 8 or 9, then going forward, they're going to really struggle to attract capital. So big changes there. In the market, we saw LaSalle buying designer retail outlets in the UK, Heimstaden forward funding residential in Edinburgh, AXA investing in Spanish residential and UK logistics, patron-backed Hamberley selling a 100 million care home portfolio to Rinder Property Investors. I'm looking forward to being back in Warsaw this week with Richard Stevens to host the eighth annual CE Summit and also to catch up with leading local players and international investors. Um, so if you're in Warsaw, um, do please join us on the 28th. Um, be really interesting to see you there and, and, and also pick up on the views of everybody in the region, particularly at this important time. Um, or indeed, if you're interested in transformation and in London, please do join us on the 29th. Thanks very much, Nicole and Paul. Thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you next week for our regular roundup of the real asset markets. Thank you.